I've decided to entitle today's episode an E deficiency. An E deficiency. And this is not about dietetics. <laughs> this is not about vitamins and that sort of thing. I want to talk to us about something that all of us can do better at, and that is the area of evangelism. There are a lot of emotions that swirl around the idea of evangelism. We are, we're, we're afraid of so many things, and we're going to talk about those things and how we can overcome those things, and we want to talk about how we can be um, an evangelizing Christian. It is not just the job of the quote-unquote evangelist. All of us are called to be evangelists. So stay tuned as we talk about this. Please, please hear me out. And I I think you will find some encouragement um, for this particular area of the Christian life in which we all strive to do better. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Encouragement Outpost podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Georgia Pointer, and today I'm doing another installment in our series entitled Let's Do Better. This series is designed to encourage Christians in areas um, that I have observed are a a weakness that I've observed in myself and also in the the church, uh, generally speaking. And so today, uh, today's title is E-deficiency, E-deficiency. And as I mentioned in the introduction, we want to talk about evangelism. What is evangelism? Evangelism is sharing the good news about God's love for people, showing them that they are sinners in need of a savior, and then pointing them to Christ as the only way to be saved. And finally, presenting them with the opportunity to make that decision at that moment to receive Christ and to enter into a relationship with him. Now, I remember being a young Christian, friends. I remember learning all of the different things about what it meant to be a Christian. And the thing that I struggled so much with, I remember thinking, man, I can do all the other stuff. I can be kind. I can be loving. I can be generous. I can do all those other things. But I just wish God had not said to evangelize, to tell other people about Jesus. Because I was like, as I've mentioned in many episodes, I was so very introverted. I was so timid, so shy. I didn't have a lot of friends, very insecure, very quiet. And so to the call to do something that was so contradictory to my my temperament and my personality and all of that, I really struggled with that. But 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 also God gave me the desire to want to be obedient to him. So I want to just kind of share with you later on in the episode um, how I was able to overcome that that timidity and and all of those things. But first, I want to talk about some reasons why we Christians do not evangelize as we should. And fear is the main culprit. First of all, there is the fear of rejection. We're afraid people might 
not want to talk to us anymore. We're afraid they may cuss us out. We're afraid they may shut the door in our face if we were to come knocking on their door to tell them about Christ. We're, we're afraid of, reje- of rejection. We're afraid that they might hurt our feelings. Some of us worry more about that than others, but it is generally a concern on whatever spectrum we are uncomfortable about introducing a subject like evangelism, like, like, like Jesus Christ uh, dying on the cross and that sort of thing, you know, and that's, that's, that's not something that's really a part of most conversations. And so you have to be creative in making the segue and all that. And some of us really struggle with that. And we feel a lot of guilt for, for having that struggle. May I say to you, my friend, that should any rejection happen for sharing your faith, sharing the good news, the best news about Christ, um, they're not rejecting you. We need to not take things so personally. They're not rejecting you. Uh, in college, I went on a mission trip. It was the very first mission trip I'd ever gone on, really. Uh, uh, and I was a freshman in college. So, you know, I was green as grass, you know, and just very, um, you know, very young, but but wanting to to, to follow the Lord, wanting to, to to live for him and wanting to do this project. And so we went up north. And so, you know, my school was in, in the south and, and, you know, where I was born and raised, I understood the culture. And so looking back now, I think part of my problem was just, just that there was a little bit of a, of a culture shock. You know, uh, we would, and our, 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 our mission was to help a church in a community to reach more people that were in their community by going and knocking on the doors and giving out these flyers and having conversation, having spiritual conversations with them and sharing the gospel if we could. And so, you know, there were doors that were slammed in our faces. There were people who would interrupt us mid sentence and say, they're not interested. There are people who would look out the window and not uh, open the door. (laughs) And, you know, my little feelings got hurt and we were there for like a week. And I remember probably right around day four, I just burst into tears and I sobbed my little freshman year heart out. And uh, one of the older uh, people who accompanied us pulled me aside and I explained to her, you know, what what was going on. Uh, And she said, Georgia, they're not rejecting you. It's the good news that they're rejecting. They're rejecting the gospel. They're rejecting, rejecting the God of the gospel. It's not you that they're rejecting. And she was so right. Um, also, I think that just knowing that rejection is a part of it. And I, and I, and I, I don't want to, I don't want to, I want to venture to say something that I've, that's been running around in my mind. And that is that sometimes we think that because we are dealing with spiritual matters, that somehow certain principles don't apply. What do I mean by that? I mean that like if we were, if we were selling, let's say we were selling what? 
uh, I don't know, shoes. Let's say we were selling a, a product that you, you can't find in stores. Or let's say we're standing at a mall even. And we are trying to hawk, hawk, H I think, think H-A-W-K. We're trying to hawk this, this product. You already know that there are going to be a lot of people who are going to say, no, thank you. Imagine you have one of those little kiosks in the mall and you get a product and you're going to say, hello, ma'am. Hello, sir. There are going to be some who are going to say, no, not today. Don't raise their hand up. I don't have time. Some of them are going to ignore you, but some of them will give you a listen and then they'll say, no, thank you. There are some who are are going to be rude. You see what I'm saying? You, You go into that kind of business recognizing, already knowing that rejection is just a part of it. It's just a part of it. So why do we feel shocked and surprised or nervous about the gospel being rejected? Another point is the more the one of the things I've discovered is that the more you share the gospel, the better you get at it. And that brings me to the next thing about our fear of doing it imperfectly. You know, I've done all manner of evangelism courses, you know, um, and they each take a different uh, path, but they all contain the same vital information. Um, I've done long outlines. I've done short outlines. I've, I've done, I've done all, I've done, I've done a whole lot of them, but what I've discovered is that as I have done evangelism, I have incorporated a little bit of each of those things and I have developed my own method. But at first, you know, I was just trying to follow the line of the outline. I was trying to do the thing that I was being trained to do. But once I was cut loose from that course or whatever, then it just kind of became my, my method. My method of evangelism uh, became an amalgamation of just different, different highlights from each one of those methods. So what's my point? My point is that anything that you're doing starting out, you're going to do imperfectly. It's like a child learning, like a baby learning to walk. They're going to fall down. You're going to fall over your words sometimes. You're going you're gonna to leave out a point. You're like, oh man, I can't believe I forgot to put that part in. And sometimes you're just going to walk away feeling like, I really, really messed that up. But let me just say to you that the person on the other end doesn't know your outline. Okay? They don't know. They're not going to close the golden door and go, you know what? She should have mentioned sin or she should have mentioned the resurrection of Christ. She mentioned the death. You know, they're not going to say that. They're not going to say that. They're listening to what you have to say. And the outline that you give them to them is, is, is fine. Let me illustrate it this way. Let's say that you were handing a hungry man a plate of food. Okay, he's hungry. You're handing him a plate of food. 
you're thinking, I should have cut that piece of cornbread a little bit more square, or I could have, the, the wedge that I cut is a, is a little bit lopsided. I should have done a better job of that. Those green beans are a little bit overcooked. And I probably should have, I, you know, the, 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 the biscuits, the bread, I could let, let them stay in and get just a little bit more brown. They're just slightly, you know, they're not as, as, as brown as I would have liked. Do you think that a hungry man is saying all that? No, he is not. He is saying, thank you so much for this food. People are hungry for the gospel and they don't even know that they are. They are trying, they are searching for something to fill that hole in their heart, in their mind, in their soul. They're, they're looking for something to offer them fulfillment. And it's found in the person of Jesus Christ, but they don't recognize it. They may see it as religion. They may see it as restrictive. They may see it as other things, but it's not our job to present everything perfectly. It's not as important as it is that we just present it, period. Friends, I meant to look up that verse. And if I can find it really quickly, um, there's a verse in Romans that talks about, uh, let me excuse you, give me just a second, please. I'm so sorry for doing this, but I need to type in just a couple of keywords. Um, yes. Thank you for your patience. It's Romans chapter 10, verses 14 and 15. It says, how can they believe in the one in whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Friend, the good news that you bring supersedes your presentation of it, your, the, the, the method that you use and all of that. It's it's good news. However you serve the food, it's going to satisfy the hungry. Do you see what I'm saying? So let's not worry about bumbling over our words and those kinds of things. But just like any other thing, practice, 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 practice. And another thing that I've discovered um, in sharing the gospel over a period of time is that my presentation, I tweak it. I start out saying in a particular way and I go, you know what? Maybe I should kind of, kind of, you know, emphasize this part a little bit more or, you know, or maybe that part right there. I really need to say that part right there because, you know, and, and, and it's evolved over time and it's going to continue to evolve. God is going to help you perfect that. But listen, even God can't perfect something that you don't start to begin with. Give the Holy Spirit something to work with, my friends. Open your mouth and proclaim the truth. Your mouth may be dry while you're proclaiming. Your voice may be a little bit shaky. You may have butterflies in your stomach, but that's okay. Imagine somebody that you love was in harm's way and you had just a little bit of time 
to remove them from that situation. When you love them, you don't think about the danger to yourself. I'm thinking of those scenes on TV, you know, where there's a burning building and somebody's child or spouse is in the, in the building and, 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 the, and the firefighters or the, or, the, or the neighbors have to hold the person back. Why? Because they're not thinking about themselves. They're thinking, I want to save that life. I don't care what happens to me. I'll deal with the burns. I'll, I'll heal from that. I'll, I'll deal, I can get new clothes. I don't care. I just want to get my loved one out of that house. And we experience a lot of guilt in the body of Christ for not feeling that kind of urgency. I will be honest and transparent with you. I remember, I, I, have, I, have, I have sought to have that kind of oh, urgency, that, that kind of passion for strangers. That's easier for people that I know. But for strangers... I, 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 I've, not, I've not mastered that. I haven't. And you know what else I've discovered? It's not so much, it's not so important in, in conjuring up those feelings for me as it is just a desire, a burning desire to please God. If I want to please the Lord, I'm going to be a person who proclaims the gospel whenever she gets the chance. And that is something that is resident within my heart that I don't have to conjure up these feelings. Imagine, you know how sometimes people say stuff like imagine it, imagine the person, you know, burning in hell. Y'all I'm sorry, but that don't do nothing for me. That, you know, that imagination that, that hasn't done anything for me. It may help some other people, I'm just telling you, just the way that my, I'm wired, that has, never, that has never given me the compassion or the passion to share the gospel with somebody. But the idea of standing before Almighty God and giving an answer for not having shared the gospel, that compels me. And also, just wanting the Lord to be pleased with my life. I want to please Him. And if evangelism is a thing that pleases Him, then I, you know... I, I need to learn how to do it. Um, another thing I've discovered is that when I am in relationship with people, and I want to tread very carefully with this, okay? This is not a blanket statement across the board. I need you to understand that first. But um, when I am in a, in a relationship with a person, when I'm getting to know them, my heartstrings are pulled. When I see the pain that a person is experiencing, when I know that if they knew Jesus, they would be experiencing life differently, that moves me with compassion. So perhaps the thing that we need to do is to allow ourselves to be around people enough to know them enough to be moved enough with compassion in order to share the gospel with them. Now, again, that's not across the board. There are people who go and knock on doors. All right. That is, that is not my cup of tea, you know, making cold calls and stuff like that. There are people that I know who do that very, very well. And God uses them effectively. 
Which brings me to the next point. Do not compare the way other people share the gospel with how you would share the gospel. Y'all, when I was in seminary, we were required to share the gospel to at least one person a week. And with and 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 I remember, you know, on Tuesdays back then, it was on Tuesdays, we would have a chapel service and people would get up and they would they would share their experiences sharing the gospel with people. And there was this one gentleman. God bless his soul. You know, this man would talk to a chair. About the gospel, if he thought it could be converted. And he would, he got up and he talked about how he discovered that telemarketers were not allowed to be the first person to hang up the phone when they did customer service. And so after he handled his business on the phone, he would not say goodbye. He would start talking to them about the gospel, about Jesus Christ. Yes, he would. And people were getting saved. Yes, they were. Oh, my word. You know, you meet those people. You meet those kinds of people. And if you're not careful, you'll, you'll, you'll compare yourself to how they do that and you'll feel ashamed. You'll feel like a slug. So find a way that you evangelize. Sometimes you may feel more comfortable doing it over, over a cup of coffee. Maybe it's sitting next to a mom uh, while your kids play soccer and listening to her talk about her problems and say, you know what? I've experienced that same thing. And, and may I share with you what's happened, how, how, how I found help with that? And you go on with that. Friend, when people know that you care about them, they're more prone to listen. They are. And when people know that you're not this weirdo. <laughs> They're more prone to listen when they see that you're not looking down on them. When they, when, they, when they see that you are not coming across as holier than thou. You're coming to them saying, look, I've been where you are. I know what you're experiencing. I have some good news for you. May I share it with you? Let me share it with you. And you do. And also we need to keep in mind, my friend, that what they do with the gospel once we share it is none of our business. Of course, we hope they will receive Christ. But as as uh, the Apostle Paul said, you know, some planted, some watered, but God brings the increase. You may just be the one planting the seed. You may just be the one who is watering the seed or you may be the one that God allows to actually be the spiritual midwife. You get to actually deliver the baby. You don't need to concern yourself with where you are on that spectrum. Just do what you're supposed to be doing and leave the results to God. That takes a whole lot of pressure off. I know this episode is running long and I don't, I don't, I don't know, you know, I, I, I can't stop right now. I can't stop now. Let me just say that You need to find a way to share the gospel with people that is in keeping with the way God wired you. Like I told you, as a young Christian in high school, 
extremely, extremely timid and shy and insecure and all of that. I couldn't strike up a conversation to talk about the weather, much less talking about Jesus Christ. But you know what I could do? I could write a note. I could pass a note in class and say, question, if you were to die today, do you think you'd go to heaven? And they pass no back. And most of the time they say yes. And then I would write back and say, how do you know? And then they would give some answer. Most of the time it was the wrong answer. Well, I've been baptized. I'm a pretty good person. I go to church. My, my grandmother is, is, is um, you know, I, I come from a long line of Christians. All of those things, works of righteousness, things that they themselves do to earn salvation. And then you can say, well, you know, I used to think the same thing. But here's what I discovered. The Bible says, and you go from there, my friend, using your own words. Some people are social butterflies and they can talk about anything. Some people are more introverted. Some people can talk to crowds about Jesus. Some people prefer to do it one-on-one. Friend, however you need to do it, get it done. Get it done. And, and, and ask the Lord to, to show you, to give you the venue, to give you the place where you can share his gospel the most effectively. Instead of looking at how somebody else does it and comparing yourself to that, find your own way. Y'all, I know all of you have seen those, uh, those, those um, social media videos of all these babies. Some scoot on their belly. Some scoot on one leg. I mean, they do all kinds of weird stuff. Some just pull themselves by their little arms. And I mean, it doesn't look like a normal. Some of them look like crabs on the floor, you know, going sideways and stuff. But you know what? They don't care because they're getting where they need to go. They're getting where they need to go. We need to have that same kind of mentality. Lord, if I got to scooch on my stomach, (laughs) if I got to scooch on my diaper, If I got to roll down the hall to get to where I need to be, just help me to get moving. Help me to move in the way that you wired me. Friend, God will honor that request. He will. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. And just pray. Ask the Lord to to just create those opportunities and then make yourself available. You know, get out of your house. Go some places. I heard of a pastor who had a gym at his own church. And he says, I'm not going to go to that gym because most of the time they're not any lost people there. So he got a gym membership and he started hanging around at the gym for the specific purpose, not just of working out, but striking up a conversation, finding out about people's families and what they're facing right now and all of that. You know, sometimes we don't, we don't necessarily need to jump right in, turn or burn. Sometimes we need to let them know us as people and we need to get to know them as people, as I said earlier. Just find a way, my friend, to get it done. Because there is a lost world out there. There are so many people who are on their way to hell and they don't even know it. Some of them don't even believe there is a hell. Some of them think that they are going to get to heaven because they have their name on a roll. You'll be surprised. You Here's another thing. As you start talking to people about Jesus, you'll find that the answers kind of fit in certain categories. 
You know, there are multiple people who are counting on baptism. There are multiple people who are thinking that they're, they, they, they acknowledge that they're not perfect, but they're thinking that they're a pretty nice person. You know, um, they, that, you know, their good deeds outweigh their bad, but that's not at all what scripture teaches. Scripture says that the only way that you're going to get to heaven based on your works is if you keep all of the commandments all of the time, perfectly with no error. That's the only way you can. God doesn't grade on the curb. They don't know that. And you can find creative ways to share that with them. But that also means that you need to know your Bible, which goes back to the biblical illiteracy. Find a few verses, memorize them, or write them down and put them in your purse or your wallet so you can pull them out or mark them in a little New Testament and put some, some tabs there. Because sometimes you only get a short few minutes to share the gospel with someone. Have some Bible tracts in your purse or wallet to give to somebody if you can't finish that conversation or there's no time. Give the Holy Spirit something to work with, my friends, and watch God do the rest. Okay, I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm, this is probably my longest podcast yet, but there were just so many things I felt like I needed to say. And friends, so much is at stake. If we don't share the gospel, these people's blood will be on our hands. We, we, we commit a horrible sin by just allowing people to go to hell without having the opportunity to receive Christ and have an eternity secure in God. And in heaven with him. Because they're already going to hell. You understand that? They're already on the road to hell. Whenever they die, if they have not received Christ, they're already, their doom, their, their, their doom is already predicted. But there's an alternative. And you have the privilege of presenting them with that alternative. And let me say this last thing. And this is put your steel toe shoes on. Okay. Because this is going to hurt a little bit. But all of those fears that I've talked about, y'all, they are preoccupations with self. Fear of rejection is worried how they're going to view us. How they're going to see us when it's not about that. Fear of not doing it right. Fear of doing it imperfectly. Friend, who's ever done anything perfect? What does that anyway? What does perfect look like in sharing the gospel? You simply need to have the elements, the essential elements. You are a sinner. God loves you. God sent his son, Jesus Christ, who is the only way. Receive him. You want to receive him today? You can. The end. And you can put, you can, you can put as much gravy with that as you want to. There are little extra things you can add to that, but those are the essentials. So let's stop worrying about them rejecting us. Let's stop worrying about not doing it perfectly and let's just do it. All right. All right, friends. Thank you so very much for your time and attention. I'm Dr. Georgia Pointer and um, I'm, I'm so grateful for you taking the time for hanging with me on this podcast. But this is an important thing that we Christians have got to do better. We have too many Christian friends and not enough lost friends. We need to we need to hobnob with some people. We don't need to do what they do. 
but we need to be getting in their lives, in their vicinity, so we can be sharing the gospel with them. The church is falling down on that job. I know the world is hostile. I know the world is rude. I know all of that, but that's what lost people do. We were the same way until Jesus found us, right? Do not underestimate what God can do in the life of the vilest sinner if they hear the good news. And God has placed that in our charge. I hope that you will do that today, my friend. And God bless you. And I will see you next time.